How y'all doing? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Thursday Turf Talk here today. Um, we're going to recap our own records as we've kind of built them up throughout the course of the college and professional football seasons. Uh, we're going to go through the full NFL Week 10 slate along with an abbreviated top matchups from College Football Week 11 slate. But before that, um, every week starting last week, we now have the College Football Playoff 1 through 25 rankings which um, replace essentially the AP top 25 rankings in terms of importance uh, for the rest of the season as we get closer to the playoff. Uh, we're in the heat of the playoff race so far, and another team kind of um, took themselves out of the race this past week with a loss. But going from 25 to 1, we're going to start off with this. Uh, actually, let's recap our records, our overall records, um, before we get into that. So for college football, um, through the 10 weeks, we're both 39 and 17. Uh, this is win-loss. Uh, we we make spread picks against the spread, but we do not count those towards our record. Our records are strictly wins and losses. NFL, Brady's still up by six games. Uh, he's 89 and 47. I'm 83 and 53. And then that brings our total. Brady is 128 and 64. I'm 122 and 70. So in the grand scheme of things, we're really close um, You know, in a couple weeks. Things can swing um, in either direction. I know we make about 20 picks a week, give or take, between the two. So you can see a lot of movement uh, week to week. And it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Uh, probably going to be doing this till the Super Bowl, including the Super Bowl. And then that will pretty much cap it off going into our um, offseason stuff and material that we're going to have set for you all um, for the NFL draft and stuff like that. But um, the college football playoff rankings and our thoughts. So. Going from 25, uh, we'll just do five at a time and alternate through. 25 is Kansas State, so they still stay in the rankings. They were 23 last week. They're 6-3. and three. Um, I forget who they played last week. Oh, they played UT, and they lost closely. Um, so they stayed I, in the yeah, rankings after a close loss in overtime. Uh, it was a really good game. Well, no, that was, think, they played K-State last week. Who did Kansas play last week? I was saying K-State. Oh, so I heard, I heard Kansas. I was like, sorry. I may have said Kansas. No, but uh, Kansas State, 6-3, and three, um, one of the few three-loss teams still in the top 25. Be looking for them to make a jump this week um, before the season closes out. Number 24, North Carolina. They were not ranked, so they're jumping back into the rankings as they were initially in the rankings at 7-2. and two. Tulane, um, I think the only – non-power five school in the rankings if you don't include notre dame um they're eight and one up from 24 last week iowa jumped from unranked to 22 this week uh seven and two and then 21 arizona jumped up into the rankings as well uh they're six and three yeah arizona getting the rankings is pretty crazy um they've had a surprisingly really good year um in the pac-12 Coming to number 20 is Notre Dame, dropping down five spots after dropping last week's game. Um, the Clemson and what was really like, I'm surprised Clemson didn't jump into the rankings, frankly, after giving the way that they beat Notre Dame. But right. um, sitting 7th through, they dropped down to 20. The other team that dropped down five spots coming to number 19 is the LSU Tigers after dropping their game to Alabama and 6-3. and three. Utah standing, kind of standing pat at 7-2 uh, and two at, at 18 overall. Oklahoma drops down eight spots from uh, from 9 to 17, sitting at 7-2 and two after their loss last week to Oklahoma State, giving them back-to-back -back losses this year um, after a loss to Kansas and then a loss to Oklahoma State. 
Uh, Kansas Jayhawks sit at number uh, 16, up five spots in the rankings, sitting at seven and two. For the most part, the beneficiaries have losses ahead of them. Um, so, yeah, looking for Kansas to kind of continue to play spoiler maybe and potentially make themselves work themselves into a Big 12 title game. Seriously, like they have a yeah, real shot yeah, right now. for sure. Um, um, I think if you look at the rankings, they, they, they have two losses. In the, I mean, t- I think Texas at, the, at, at this moment is pretty much locked into the Big 12 title game, I think. I think if they win one more game, right. they're locked in because they'll, they'll have no more than two losses in the conference, I think. Um, but I'd be curious to see who, who's the la- – I mean, my, I think right now it's Oklahoma State. And then, but Kansas could easily make a run of Oklahoma State gets a loss. So very curious to watch who the other team that plays Texas in the Big 12 title game is. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a conference has kind of been under the radar, but nonetheless has five rankings in this week's um, college football playoff rankings. And the third team in a row here at 15, Oklahoma State coming off a big win at home against Oklahoma. Really exciting game. They're the biggest risers of the week, moving up seven spots from 22. Now sit at seven and two. 14 is Missouri coming off. You know, not a bad loss to Georgia, but a loss nonetheless dropped from 12. They're 7-2 going into a big matchup with number 13 this week, Tennessee, who jumped four spots. Um, both teams are 7-2. and two. That should be a fun matchup, 13 versus 14. Going to Pac-12, Oregon State, number 12 right now. Um, been pretty consistently in the teens, moving up four from 16. They're 7-2. and two. And then Louisville, um, slowly climbing each week, is... Um, two up from 13 last week, and they're at eight and one. Yeah, I think Louisville is going to make some noise in the, in the ACC title game, but we can get to that uh, in a couple of weeks when they play Florida State, presumably. Um, sitting at number 10 here is Penn State. They can match up with Michigan this week that we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, up one spot at eight and one. Ole Miss up one spot at eight and one. Another big 10, or another top 10 matchup for them this week, uh, playing uh, Michigan. Like I said, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, or sorry, they're playing Georgia, not Michigan. That'd be Penn State that I just talked about. Um, but Ole Miss up to up to nine here this week, coming up from ten, um, jumping up one spot. Uh, big matchup this week for them uh, playing against Georgia. Number eight, Crimson Tide holds steady at eight after beating beating LSU this past week. Texas Longhorns stay solid at number seven after holding on against Kansas State late in the game. Oregon stands pat at number six. After did they did they have an off week last week or did they play? I'm trying to remember. It was a heck, it was a very right. fuzzy weekend. Just the I can't remember was. them playing. Um, I think they may have, but either way, they won their they either didn't play or they won their game. Whatever, they stayed at six. Um, as you'll see here in a minute, not a lot of movement in the top eight at all. Um, so I'll just get to the, the five through one. Yeah, five through one is the same. Um, all five teams are nine and zero. Five is Washington, four is Florida State, three is Michigan, two is Georgia, and one is Ohio State. So, unless these teams lose or play a really close game to a bad team, um, these top of the rankings look like they're going to stay the same. Obviously, one and three play each other um, still before the season ends, so that'll have a lot of impact on the rankings. And then Oregon and Washington, five and six, you probably see them play again as well. Um, and then the Georgia, Alabama, another matchup that we'll probably see. So a lot of games left to be played that have will have big impacts on these rankings. But you can tell they're really the voters are really putting a lot of um, emphasis on record as the top five teams are the five undefeated at nine and zero. Then you have six in a row at eight and one, and then you have seven in a row with two losses, and then you have the three loss teams or teams with two losses with a better record, excluding Tulane. Um, yeah, I mean, they put a lot of emphasis on record. It's pretty clear that 
that a team that for the top one of the top five teams to not make the playoff, they would have to lose a game pretty badly because unless you're playing another team, a uh, one loss team, and you lose, then your your shot to get in the playoffs pretty much toast. Um, but yeah, I mean the rankings are going to hold still until we see one of those teams lose. Unfortunately, um, teams aren't going to move with a close win against a lesser opponent. I don't think. Unless, I mean, there's a few scenarios, but for the most part, I think these are going to stay still. Um, Michigan-Penn State is a big game this week, top 10 matchup. Um, that if Penn State were ha- to happen to win, that would have major implications. Um, but nonetheless, that is one of the games we predicted, but I'll let you give your thoughts before we move into our college football predictions. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. This really isn't going to change until we see one of these teams lose or, in the case of Ohio State Michigan, play each other if they're undefeated. So, um, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I, I think Georgia and Florida State are very, very, very human and could easily drop a game. This is a big test for Georgia this week, um, which we'll get to here in a second. But again, it, <laughs> we really again, we really won't know for a while. I, I do think we're going to see at least three of these teams in the playoff, given how late in the year we are at nine through five, nine or no teams. Um, the fact that Michigan House, they don't play till the last week of the year, but. Um, we'll lead us into this college football segment this week with number three, Michigan, and number 10, Penn State in Happy Valley. So home game for Penn State. I believe this is the whiteout game. Um, Michigan favored by four and a half on the road. I think Michigan wins, which Michigan covers. Um, I, I really, going back to this, this is a game like that could be very defining for this this final four group um, in a couple of ways. Number one, this is Michigan's first real test. Um you know, I think we could see Michigan struggle a little bit, which wouldn't shock me given the fact that this is the first, again, the first real test we've seen. Or we could see them absolutely dominate, and we could see them solidify themselves as the best team in the country this week, um, which I think is going to happen. I, I'm unimpressed with Penn State's ability to pass the ball and move the ball down the field. They struggled to run the ball against Ohio State, and I think Michigan's got an even better front. Um, I think that Michigan offense is going to – the way that Ohio State ran the ball and moved the ball in the second half against that Penn State defense for an Ohio State front, you know, front five and running game that has been criticized a lot at times this year. I think Michigan's going to dominate this game in the trenches, and that's ultimately going to be lead to them winning by at least two or three scores. Um, we can if we have time at the end, we're getting a little bit crunch for time. If we have time at the end. We will touch on the fact that Michigan is not the only team, quote, stealing signs. A um, little bit of indication, I guess, for them this week. But um so that that whole scandal has zero impact on how I feel about them as a team this year. I still think they're the best team in the country. They should still be in the playoffs despite some talking heads saying they shouldn't if they're not the only ones doing this. So that's a, that's something we can dive into later, maybe as like a, a postseason conversation when football's over. We can talk about it on the on the on the pod. But um, aside from that, like I think Michigan is going to roll in this game and announce themselves as the best team in America. I think this week. I would think so. And this is um, something that we agree on for the most part that Michigan is the best team. Now, honestly, they have to prove it as they have kind of have a lesser strength of schedule to this point in comparison to other teams, especially Ohio State. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm picking Michigan as well to win and cover. I think this could be a close game for a while. And then Michigan, you know, gets a turnover and gets back to back scores or something like that in the fourth quarter and pushes it to a double digit margin of victory. Um, but four and a half is pretty respectable. I thought it'd be closer to seven, but with it being at, in Penn State and it's a great environment there, I think it'll, you know, it's a good spread, but I'm picking Michigan to win. A big Pac-12 matchup, another um, test for Washington as they host number 18, Utah. 
Washington's favored by nine and a half. And I'm going to pick Washington to win, but Utah to cover. I just think Utah kind of plays ball differently than anyone else in the Pac-12. And they always just normally play teams close, and they really are in games that they shouldn't be. Um, granted, with the injuries they have, especially um, with their quarterback, the uh, Cam Rising not playing. So I'm picking Utah to cover, um, lose by nine or less, but I'm still picking Washington to win and maybe jump into the top four with a loss. Yeah, I'm going to take Washington to win, Washington to cover, um, mainly because I, I, well, I think that, again, a lot of college football is, is a hell of a lot more transitive than the NFL is. This is one of these games where I think Utah is just a poor matchup for Washington, and that's something that we see a lot of, which is, yeah, it's transitive sometimes, but also sometimes it's just you get bad matchups. Like I think USC was a bad matchup for Washington last week, um, and they're a you know I think Utah is a bad matchup for USC, and I think Utah is a bad matchup for Washington. Wash Utah has basically won games this year because they've been able to play really really good defense, and the games they've won and been competitive in they've played not good defenses. Washington's defense is better than USC's, and I think we saw not and they're I'm not gonna say Washington has a great defense, but we saw what happened when Utah played Oregon, and they could they could do nothing. And I think that the no they have not seen an offense as good as Washington's because I think Washington's offense might be the best in the country, maybe maybe behind Michigan, depending on how this week goes. Because we've seen some faltering of this Washington offense the past not last week but the two weeks prior. Um, but this is one of the three best offenses in America, and I think that Utah just won't be able to to, to keep score. I don't think they can stop Washington's offense. As good as that defense is and as good as Morgan Scally is, I don't think it'll be close. I think Utah maybe keeps it close for a half. I just think that ultimately Washington gets into a track meet and says, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to start scoring. We're starting to enter and out. And they're going to basically force Utah's athletes on the edge at the skill positions to be better than Romo Dunze, Jalen McClellan if he plays, and Jalen Polk. Like, it's just that's ultimately what it's going to be. And <laughs> there are not many corners in, in, in college football that are going to cover Romo Dunze one on one. Um, and certainly they don't play for Utah this year. So um, I think Washington wins. Washington covers the nine and a half point spread at home, which is big for the Huskies as well. They've had a great home field this year. It helped them a ton against Oregon. So giving the Huskies to win and cover uh, and a statement win for them this week. Another, or I guess another statement win for them this week. Going down to the SEC, Tennessee at Missouri, 13 at 14. Tennessee, the road favorite by a point here. I'm going to take the Vols to lose to Missouri here. Take Missouri to win and cover the one point spread at home. Um, this Missouri defense is salty. I've said it before. I just I remain unimpressed with Joe Milton and the Tennessee offense. I don't know why they're ranked 13th. They got throttled by a not very good Florida team. And they do they have like a signature win this year? They they really don't. Did they beat us? I don't believe so. Am I am I like am I making that up that they made? I, I don't think they do. You know what I mean? So that's really right. my thing with Tennessee is I don't know what makes them this good. Um, yeah, they don't have a signature win. I mean, they beat Kentucky no, they on the don't. road, but that was after Kentucky kind of slid. And and it's a six point and it's a six point win, by the way, against a an okay Kentucky. So I'm just I'm not sold on on Tennessee at all. I think they're getting an SEC bump basically. So give me Mizzou to win and cover the one at home. Um, for again a scrappy Mizzou team. And by the way, Luther Burden, one of the best underclassmen in the country. Let's be very honest. He's one of the best underclassmen in, in America. So give him the credit where it's due. He's he's been a baller this year, and he's going to give that Tennessee secondary hell. I think. 
They said there was a chance he doesn't play. I forget what his injury de- designation was, but they said there's a chance, although he probably will. Uh, and I'm still picking Missouri to win by one at home. Um, kind of a rivalry, but two good teams that have similar strengths. And I think Missouri is just out athletes. Um, Tennessee staying in the SEC, number nine, Ole Miss playing number two, Georgia. Probably the biggest game of the week uh, rankings wise, but in terms of magnitude, it's going to be Michigan, Penn State. But picking Georgia to win and cover, I think a lot of the times I've, you know, kind of been unimpressed with Georgia, especially offensively uh, with the guys that they have. But they've sort of found their stride in a few games here and there. Haven't really been that consistent, but nonetheless gotten better over the course of the season. So I'm picking them to win by more than 10. And Ole Miss just, they're really shaky. Um, the Ole Miss team, I think, being one loss, obviously they're a really good team, top 10. Um, but they're shaky, and a lot of their wins haven't been really impressive. So I'm picking Georgia to win, and being at home helps. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia to win. I, I do think Ole Miss covers this 10.5-point spread. They, they've been in some really tight games. They, they were in a what a three-point game with Alabama in a game they very easily could have won. Um, this is probably the best offense Georgia's going to see all year until they play in the SEC title game. Um, so I think I think Ole Miss gives them a really good game. I think ultimately they, you know, Georgia probably gets a stop late and wins the game, but I think they, I think Ole Miss covers a 10.5-point spread this week in Athens. Now, if it was 9.5, I'd take Georgia. But 10.5 makes me pause because of the fact that that's more than a touchdown on a field goal. So give me Ole Miss to cover, but Georgia to win at home in Athens. Lastly, we got Texas Tech going on the road to play number 16, Kansas, with the Jayhawks favored by three and a half. This feels like a, Texas, a game that Texas Tech's going to win. I feel like this is a game they come out and they just – this is a game – their backs are 100% against the wall. It's win this game or win the game in Austin, and, and they're making a bowl. I ain't picking them to beat Texas because that's a horrible matchup for us, given the fact that as good as that Texas front four is – and as good as they've been against the run, I mean, they they allowed Kansas State to do nothing in the run game, brother. We we're not. I don't think we're going to move the ball against Texas. So this is the game that they have to go win this weekend to make a bowl. And I think when this Joey McGuire team is back, their backs are against the wall. They've been really good this year. Um, I think we're going to see a big Taj Brooks game again. That it really feels like they're finally leaning on him. He got what 32 carries last week. Um, and he yeah, had like think so. 15 or 16 in the first half maybe 20 in the first half. So again, give me Texas Tech. To, this is a total, this is an upset pick, but I think Kansas kind of coming off of a high the last couple of weeks. It's a home game. I get that, but I really think this is a game that Tech just figures out a way to win. Defense steps up, but this, this could, this could be like a Taj Brooks career defining game where he puts a team on his back and goes for like 210. Um, again, this is a game they have to win. So I'm going to pick them to get it done. Cause then they, I think they realize within the building it's it's now or never to make a bowl this year yeah i mean i definitely think this is a game that tech could win but i'm still going to go with kansas uh three and a half point spread it keeps dropping uh, it keeps getting closer to even so also something to look at um but i'm picking kansas to win by more than three i just think they're more consistent and being at home will be helpful uh but yeah i mean tech this is the game for tech to show out and you know make a statement and try to get into a bowl game but I, I don't know if they can do it. So I'm picking Kansas uh, to win it as they've looked really sharp for most of the season. Um, moving on to the NFL here for week 10. Uh, that kicks off, if you're listening to this on Thursday, kicks off tonight with Panthers at Bears. Another terrible Thursday night football matchup. Um, 
But we have some good teams on a bye week this week. Um, the Chiefs, Dolphins, Rams, and Eagles, two from each conference. Um, as the Chiefs and Dolphins come back from Germany, get the week off. Um, Eagles coming off a close win at home against the Cowboys, get the week off. But, um, like I said, Panthers at Bears for the Thursday night football. Chicago's favored by three, and I'm going to go with Chicago being at home. Um, I don't think the Panthers have won a road game, and I, I don't think it's going to be a great game. I just think Chicago's going to make fewer mistakes and win by three or more. I'm taking the Panthers to win. This is a get-right game, and it's they've had a couple of these. They had one against Houston where the offense looked better. Um, this is a get-right game for Bryce Young in that offense. I think, pardon me. I think given some of the displeasure within that Chicago, I mean, Jalen Johnson being one of them, I think with some of the displeasure that they've had in that secondary room, this is a week for them to get right offensively for the Panthers. And the Bears just, it feels like they can't do anything right. Um, I think this is truly a game where the Panthers have to get a win this week. Um, it's a win-win for the Bears, frankly, because either way, they have a pick that gets a loss this week. So, I think the only the Bears really care if they lose or win this week, the front office at least. Um, I'm gonna pick the Panthers to win. Panthers to cover the three and a half. Um, I'm pulling for Bryce. Feel bad for him. He looks lost right now. Um, feel bad he's getting the he's get kind of getting the treatment he's gotten based upon how Richardson looked to start the year and how Levis has looked in his first couple starts. I mean, obviously CJ has been uh, incredible. Um, he's on pace for a potentially historic rookie year just from a volume numbers standpoint, um, which is. Super happy for CJ. Um, I just feel a little bit bad for Bryce. He's kind of getting the treatment he's getting, given the situation that he's in. So I, I hope he has a good week this week. I'm pulling for him. I'll pick him to win this week. Uh, next one here, Colts at Pats. And what's kind of a not very good slight all week. Um, there's very few and far between good games in this in this list. And um, But I'm going to take the Colts to win in Foxborough. Cover the one and a half point spread. The Pats are just really bad. That's kind of it. Um, the Colts team seems to have a little bit of a rhythm offensively. Got a good run game between kind of Zach Moss, who's been a surprise productive back for them this year, and, and JT's back healthy now, and feels like they've kind of got a rhythm going offensively. So give me the give me the Colts to win and cover the one, one and a half point spread on the road this week. Yeah, I'm going Colts to win and cover as well. Um, yeah, like you said, even with Anthony Richardson going down, Gardner Minshew's played well. Um, Michael Pittman Jr.'s been a nice security blanket for him. And yeah, Zach Moss has balled out this year, and Jonathan Taylor coming back. Um, a really, really good uh, duo in the backfield. So I'm picking the Colts. Browns at Ravens, a big divisional game with the Ravens favored by six, coming off a big win against the Seahawks. Browns coming off a shutout win over the Cardinals. I mean, you can't really take anything from it because it was Clayton Toon, uh, first ever appearance in the NFL. So it uh, should be a close game as the Ravens blew them out in Cleveland in week three or week four. Um, I'm picking the Ravens to win, but the Browns to cover. I just the Ravens hardly ever win divisional games by more than seven. I think it was a fluke that they did in week four. So I'm going with the the Ravens to win. I'm going to go with the Ravens to win and the Ravens to cover. I know this is a little bit of a surprising pick given how big the spread is, but I just I look at this, I look at the way that this Ravens defense has played the last few weeks, and I look at how the Browns offense has played the last few weeks, which is not good. And I kind of just feel like it's a bad matchup for the Browns, frankly. I know they've got they have they have a great defense. That said, I think that Baltimore ultimately gets it done. Maybe they get a defensive score. They've got they continue to have one of, if not the best special teams unit in the league, just given the fact they have Justin Tucker and they have a, a serious veteran presence in the room. And their head coach is a former special teams guy. They just continue to be really good and that they've been easily the most sound team in football this year. I know you may not think that at times, given how you know they've they've been in some tight games. 
But I think when you look at it kind of in a vacuum and you back up a little bit and look at it big picture, they've been the most sound team in the NFL this year. They really haven't had a stretch of games where they've faltered really hard. I think this is a game – this is a statement win for the Ravens. It's in Baltimore too. It's a home game for them. I think they're going to give that Browns offense a lot of a lot of trouble, especially, again, they've been a shell of themselves without Nick Chubb. That that run game has not – I mean, Jedrick Wills has done for the year, I think. It sounds like yeah, I mean, 20 ACL. Yeah, Nick Chubb's been the one guy that's really killed us in times that we played Cleveland. That's, with that's him kind of what I'm they, saying. Like, right. Yeah, and then also – they yeah they they lost uh, Conklin for the year and then Wills is out Wills so they're moving Dewan Jones too. to left tackle which is tough uh, for them kind of an adjustment for him and then which is not the, a which is not a natural position for him right I give it again especially with his body type we've seen plenty like Orlando Brown Jr. is is a great it's it's one everyone goes to but it's a great example of a guy who had a bad combine he's a little bit looks like he might be a little bit overweight. Doesn't really carry it super well, but he's a really good right tackle. It did not work for Orlando going to left tackle. It did, it did with the experiment happened, didn't work. So yeah, I, I mean, think, uh, I don't know how they're going to do with the offensive line the way it is. And that's unfortunate, yeah. but really outside of that, they're pretty healthy outside of the O line. Um, they still have all the, their weapons Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, uh, Njoku, and Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt have been pretty serviceable back there as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it should be close, but I don't know if their offense is going to be able to do a ton. That's that's kind of what I think. Again, Mike McDonald's been maybe the most under-talked-about guy in the NFL, and I'm sure you're happy about it. Cause Let's keep it that way. You don't keep be, it. Brother, it ain't going to stay that way for much longer. We, people are starting to take notice. Um, he's getting a head coaching job, I think. I said last week that it'd be another year. I don't think that's happening. I think there's going to be an open that someone's going to give him give him a chance with. Um, he's that like, As good as he's looked, as much as I don't want – on offense, I, I I want an offensive coach for the Chargers. I think we want Brandon Staley. Like, I would be okay with Mike McDonald as good as he's been. Um, I think that's the difference this week. Genuinely, it's a, that offensive line is really banged up, and that's what makes me think the Ravens cover the six points spread this week. Um, and they just get it done. Next one here: Texans at Bengals. Bengals favored by seven at home. I think the Bengals win. They've they've certainly gotten right. They've gotten back. I think you can talk about what the get right game. Um, and we'll talk about this with the Chargers in a little bit because this is a team that had a similar kind of path of not playing well, having two get-right games, right? The Bengals have their get-right games, and they look great now. So um, give me the Bengals to win, although I think that the Texans cover. The Texans team is really good. I don't think people realize how how good they've been, given how young they are and how lack of top-heavy talent that they currently have outside of Steve Schreiber and Will Anderson. That said, those two guys at picks two and three have been – they are playing like franchise cornerstones that are not rookies, if that makes sense. So, I mean, CJ looks like a top 10 quarterback. Will Anderson appears to be well on his way to be a top 10 edge rusher in, in, in a year or two. Um, so, man, they, they look really good. I, I think they cover, and I think they give the Bengals a game this week. I, again, I think the Bengals win at home. But I think, I think that especially with Jamar Chase, probably isn't playing this week like I talked about, given that they have, they have Baltimore next week on a, sh- on a short week. On a Thursday night game, I think Jamar misses this week. I think they've also got a couple other guys banged up in the receiver room. I don't know if it's T. I think it's Tyler Boyd that's banged up. Um, I, could, I just saw a tweet. It's T. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know. I, I just saw a tweet that it wasn't. It wasn't just Jamar. So if T's banged up too. I think the I think the Bengals get the win because they're the better team. But the Texans are going to give them a game this weekend. I hope so. Shoot, I hope the Texans win. I really like what the Texans are doing. One of the teams I'm honestly rooting for, regardless of who they're playing. Um, I just really like what they're doing. They've done a great job. They hired the OC that I wanted. 
obviously D'Amico has been a great hire um, by just another San Fran DC. And yeah, I mean, they have the guys there. Nathaniel Dell has been incredible. I'm really glad I initially, you know, he was like at my top seven, eight wide receivers um, initially in the off season. So I'm glad he's doing really well. They've drawn up a lot of plays for him. Uh, but, I mean, the Bengals have Jamar and T kind of limited in practice. They're they're probably gonna have limited roles. I think they're gonna play this weekend, but they're both gonna have limited roles in the game. So um, I would start Tyler Board if you have him. And the Texans, I mean, they have an absurd amount of guys injured. I saw their injury report because someone retweeted it, and it is the longest injury report I've ever seen. And over the past it's... three years, have been a Ravens fan, like I've seen some long injury reports, but this Texans one is unprecedented. There's like 20 dudes on it, and it's like their whole wide receiver room. It looks like a book. It's crazy. It looks like a book. It's insane. So I don't don't think um, that the Texans are going to keep it super close, especially with the Bengals being at home, getting back on track. Um, I think they'd be able to make do without their top two guys being at full strength, especially um, with a short week coming up where they have to go on the road to play the Ravens on Thursday night. Um, I assume they want those guys ready for that over this home game against the Texans where they probably can, like I said, make do and get the dub granted. I mean, given how injured the Texans are, but moving on here, um, another AFC North team hosting uh, the Packers in this case, going to play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I think the Steelers like third home game in a row. Um, Steelers fared by three and a half. I'm taking them to win. The Steelers are one of the worst teams in the league, but they just win close games and I don't know how the Packers um, are one of those teams that can beat them, especially in Pittsburgh. So I'm picking Steelers to win by seven or so um, and cover the three and a half point spread. Coaching. Um, that said, this just feels like uh, the Packers kind of got rolling last week. They they beat up they beat us a, a, a scrappy Rams. And granted, no Matthew Stafford. They got banged up, but I think this is a this just feels like a game the Steelers drop. Because like every so often they have a game that they just they just lose and they shouldn't, um, and the Packers have some momentum. If the pack again, this is this is 100% me just taking an upset game here, um, but I'm gonna take the Packers to win and cover for no particular reason other than they kind of got hot last week and they have some momentum. They're also a well coached group, and this just feels like an upset game. It feels like a game where Kenny Pickett turns the ball over a few times and it's not enough for them to recover. So we'll see. But I got the Packers winning an upset game this week. Uh, on the road. Next one here, Titans at Bucks with Tampa Bay Buccaneers favored by, or Tampa Bay, yeah, Tampa Bay favored by one and a half at home. Don't understand that. Give me the Titans to win and cover. This Bucks team, we, we keep clinging on to this fact that they went 2 0 to start the year. They're not good. They're not a good team at all. So give me the, give me the Titans to win and cover. Hell, they might win by a touchdown or more. Dude. I, I'm 0% confident in this Bucks team this week at all. Yeah, I'm picking the Titans to win and cover as well. Um, I just don't think the Bucks are going to be able to keep up with the Titans. Uh, you know, the Titans aren't a great team, but they still have weapons. They still have a ton of veteran experience surrounded by a young quarterback and Will Levis, who's looks pretty good. So um, just another week of Will building chemistry with the starting group. And uh, I think they're going to play really well this week, especially offensively in Tampa Bay. 49ers at Jaguars, a slept on game this week, I think, with the 49ers uh I think both teams are honestly coming off a bye so this should be a really really good game where each team is well rested I don't know if the 49ers are going to be at full strength but should be a good game um San Fran's fared by three in Jacksonville I had a tough time picking this one but I'm going to go with the Jags because the Jags have won five straight and 
the Niners have lost three straight. So I don't think the Niners get right across the country against a hot team. I think you probably have to wait another week. And, um, yeah, I'm picking the Jags to win and obviously cover. I think, the, I think this is the Niners get right week. I don't. I need to check their injury report again real quick, but I think it looks better. I think they're supposed to get somebody back this week. 49ers injury report. This is what I want to double check before I say anything, because I, I meant to check earlier when I was doing this, but I was not. I was out of the house when I did these earlier. So let me just double check. But. Can I not get the. Fellas, I don't want the Jags injury report. This is phenomenal podcasting. Okay. Debo's back in practice. I think Debo is healthy this week. I think the Niners win. This is kind of what I thought earlier. I thought I saw something Debo was back. I think the Niners win. Uh, I think Jacksonville covers the three. I think this is a late game win for the Niners. But I think that they, again, I think they can get right this week. I really do. They get Debo back, which has been big. The thing with Debo is it allows them to be more multiple offensively, and teams can't just try and stop McCaffrey. Um, so I think with Debo back this week gives them another element in the run game and in the pass game. So give me the Niners to get right this week. They can't lose. They can't keep losing. That's my thing. They're going to have to win a game here. I know this is a tough one to, have to do it against, but I think this Jags team, while they are 6-3, and three, they're 6-2, really, they're, they're good. I don't know if they're 6-2 and two good. Uh, I think they got lucky getting the Bills. I think the Bills got hosed having to play Jacksonville in London after Jacksonville had already been there a week. So I think that's a little bit overinflated, but give me the, give me the Niners to get right this week across the country. I know it's long travel. It's tough, but they're going to have to win a game at some point. So give me the Niners this week. Saints at Vikings. Saints favored by two and a half on the road here. Give me the Vikings to win and cover. Dude, Josh Dobbs. Can we, can we give it up for him real quick? A little clap for Josh Dobbs, dude. I mean, seriously, this guy didn't know. He didn't know his receivers full names and he's out here winning games this week. He won games. He took his first snap with center Garrett Bradbury on the sideline. The O-line had never heard his cadence before, and they went and won a football game with him at quarterback. He won them the game. That is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, genuinely. So give, give me the give me the Vikings this week, dude. Josh Dobbs, I hope someone gives him a chance to be a starting quarterback. You know what? It might be the Vikings. Genuinely, wouldn't shock me if the Vikings – you know what? We're going to make a playoff push because they've got a pretty light – they have a lighter schedule, I believe, to kind of finish the year. I have to go actually look at all their games individually, but I'm, I'm fairly certain they have a lighter schedule given the fact that their I division so, is going to yeah. too. So say they make the playoffs or they get damn close to making the playoffs and they're picking like, you know, 16 to 19, why not just run it back with Josh Dobbs? If Kevin yeah. O'Connell and him get along and he, and he plays well in the offense, why not? The, the, Vikings, the, the Lions are new with Jared Goff, who's not an elite quarterback. Why not give it a go with Josh Dobbs? The guy's a proven winner. He's a dog. Listen, I am I'm on the Josh Dobbs train, brother. He needs I, – I want him – someone to give him a starting opportunity so bad next year full-time. This guy's very much giving me Geno Smith vibes in Seattle. So give me the Vikings to win big time this week. And uh, how they're, they're not favored to win – this Saints team's not good either. That – Odds makers are bad this week. Give me the Vikings to win and cover. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings as well. I just think, like you said, they're going to – I mean, Josh Dobbs looked really good in his first game. Now giving him a week of practice with the guys. I think this should be his audition rest of the year to see kind of what direction they want to go next year with their starting quarterback, um, whether they want to draft someone, sign someone, or just ride with him. Um, but, yeah, I think he has another good game here. 
uh, just building up experience and practice, like I said, uh, but beating the Saints at home for the Vikings. Um, another not great matchup is the Falcons and Cardinals in Arizona. Arizona going back home after a shutout loss. Picking the Cardinals to win this um, and obviously cover as the Falcons are favored by a point and a half. I don't know if Kyler Murray plays this week, but it looks like he probably will. So I just think that should be enough for them to win it. I don't think Kyler – it sounds like he's going to play. I just – I don't know if he's going to. I hope he does. But, again, it's his first game back. There's no way they're going to they're gonna let him kind of get full reign. I think the Falcons win this one. Again, if they have to start Clayton Toon again, I just – it doesn't seem like they're going to get a win. Um, listen, I'm going to keep saying it. The Falcons have to at some point get Bijan Robinson the football like they did in the first two weeks of the year. They, at some point, they're going to have to. They looks like they got some cooking offensively in general with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. He clearly seems to be the better option than Desmond Ritter. So Brett's Desmond Ritter hate priors can get a little bit of a bump here. The dude sucks. Okay, respectfully, he's not that good. I won't say he sucks. Respectfully, he's not very good at quarterback at NFL quarterbacking. How about that? Um, I got something going with Heineke. I think I think the Falcons get a big win here on the road and stay kind of in the hunt for this NFC South. Best of the worst. So give me the Falcons this week to win on the road, I guess. Lions at Chargers. Detroit favored by three and a half, three points uh, in Los Angeles this week. And the Chargers win and the Chargers cover. You asked me two weeks ago, I think the Chargers lose this game and the, and the Lions cover. But here's the thing. I know they've played two bad teams. They blew out the Bears and they took care, they took care of business in a major way against the Jets. Everyone, all the Chargers fans are panicking. Oh, man, Justin Herbert looks terrible, blah, blah, blah. Guys, go look at what Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and, J- and Jalen Hurts did against this team. They all threw a two-plus picks. Jalen and Josh threw a three. And I'm pretty sure Pat fumbled. Justin Herbert didn't turn the ball over. Maybe one turnover-worthy play all game. Maybe one. Guys, they took they took care of the football. They recognized the fact that, this again, that the defense is going to have to win for them because this Jets defense is really, really, really good. And Quentin Johnston got shadowed by the best corner in football, or the second-best corner in football. Because they had they had basically had a slot corner and a safety over top to help with Keenan all game, and nobody literally nobody has run the ball on this on this on this Jets front except for the Cowboys, which frankly week two off of the emotional high of losing Aaron Rodgers and the winning the game on a part return in overtime, okay throw it out the window. So the fact that the Chargers dominated the way they did it defensively the last two weeks I think is is just is a huge momentum shift. You can kind of see how the Raiders look a lot different after one week without Josh McDaniels. They've done some changes within the building in Los Angeles, and it really feels like the defense is on a whole other wavelength, and they are they're look they look a whole lot better. I think that this is a game where the offense can kind of get right, if you will, if they're playing a good Jets defense. This Lions defense isn't great, as long as they can protect Herbert and keep and keep Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, <laughs> man, Aiden Hutchinson kind of off of him this week, and it's a game they can win. Again, the Bengals looked horrendous to start the year, just like the Chargers did. The Bengals got two games. They got they got the Cardinals and somebody else who wasn't very good. They got two get right games and they look awesome now. They look like one of the best teams in the NFL now. The Chargers get two get right games. This is a game they can kind of keep build momentum on. And winning this game against the Lions does a lot of things for their playoff chances. And again, this team is backed into a corner. They kind of have nothing to lose at this point. Like it, if the kind of the way the schedule plays out the rest of the year, if they lose the game they're supposed to lose and they win the game they're supposed to win, they're not getting in. So it's now or never for these guys. So I think their backs are against the wall. They've been good in this in kind of these situations before. At least the offense has. So give me the Chargers to win and cover this week in, in a game that 
isn't really a get right game, but a game that keeps their momentum rolling into Green Bay next week. Yeah, I agree. I'm picking the Chargers to win mainly because they've they're finding their stride slowly, um, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that, I mean, the Lions haven't played well on the road outside of Week One. Um, they really haven't, and I think the Lions are honestly not really contenders in the NFC in the grand scheme of things with the Niners going to be getting healthy. The Eagles obviously are pretty solid. The Cowboys could contend, but probably won't do much. And then I just don't think the Lions are one of those teams. So seeing the Lions fared by three isn't necessarily surprising, but, you know, given that they have to go to LA and play the Chargers who are, um, like I said, heating up, I think the Chargers get this win. Moving on, uh, NFC East matchup and the Giants at Cowboys. The Cowboys fared by 16 uh, is pretty insane. So I'm I'm picking the Cowboys to win, but the Giants to cover. I just don't know in a divisional game. I know that there's a good chance that Cowboys cover and win by 20 or more, but I just I can't do it. I can't pick a you know nearly a three score spread in a divisional matchup, uh, regardless of who's playing. So I'm picking the Cowboys to win. The game's in Dallas, uh, but I'm picking the Giants to lose by less than 16. Cowboys win. Cowboys cover. I believe they are playing Tommy DeVito this week. Against the Cowboys front. The Giants might not score a point this week. And I'm so serious. They may not score a single point. That's at least how I see it. Tommy DeVito is playing quarterback like he's a relative of Danny DeVito. Putting that respectfully. Brother, he's not been good. This offense no. looks atrocious. No one's really run the ball against this, against this Cowboys team either. This Cowboys defense is a top, probably a top three or four front in football. Dude, it's going to be a long week. And if they drop back to pass, say a couple prayers for for old old buddy Tommy DeVito, dude. It's going to be a it's going to be a rough week. So I I think the Cowboys win simply they cover because I don't think they're going to score more than three points. Genuinely, and I, I hate to say that. But I don't, think the, I don't think the Giants score more than three points this week. So give me the Cowboys to win and cover in Dallas at home. Next one here, Commanders at Seahawks. Seattle favored by six and a half. Seattle wins. Seattle covers. Major bounce back week after Geno. Again, the Ravens are very good. I also said I, – I think I texted you this. I said I think that that was also a Geno Smith regression to the mean game. We regressed a little bit. I think people talk about this enough. Like, Geno – as good as Geno has been the last year and a half, like – there's also old Geno still in there a little bit. I think that was one of those games where <laughs> they got caught at a bad time playing a really good team. They got the Seahawks just got again bad situation. They got caught with one of Geno's worst games playing a really really good team. So get right game against a not good defense, just a not very good team. Uh, lost a lot of talent in the last couple of weeks. So Seahawks win. Seahawks covered the six and a half point spread at home. Yeah, I feel the same. I think the Seahawks are going to win by two scores. That's just tough for Washington to go on the road um, to Seattle and play well and, and still what's a really good environment. And I know they're coming off a good road win uh, against, or I think they were, were they at home or on the road um, when they beat New England. But regardless, I don't think this is going to be that close. And I think Seattle should win it by two scores, like I said. Um, moving on to Sunday Night Football, Jets and Raiders. Jets are fared by half a point. So I'm picking the Raiders to win. Um, the Raiders have looked rejuvenated since they've made their changes across the board in the coaching department. Um, and the Jets, yeah, they had a bad loss on Sunday night or Monday night playing back-to-back night games. Um, but going to Vegas, I think it's going to be tough. Raiders, 
pretty good atmosphere. Um, I just don't think the Jets can be able to do enough offensively to to win the game. So I'm picking the Raiders to um, win and cover the half point. Half point spread, man. Give me the Jets to win, Jets to cover. Um, this is a game where these are two teams that just are not good, frankly. Um, because if the Jets defense gets it done this week against Aiden O'Connell and company, um, pop, we'll get the popcorn ready on Sunday night for Sauce versus Devontae for sure. That'll be awesome. Um, I know we see PS2 versus Devontae twice a year, but PS2 and Sauce are a little bit different corners, I think. I think PS2 is much more of a technician, uh, physical corner, whereas I think Sauce, he's physical for sure, but Sauce is a little bit, I think he's a little bit bigger, just certainly a little bit faster. Um, more of a speed, height, weight, speed type of win winner versus a a te- real technician like PS2 is. Um, so really excited for that this week. Obviously, the rest of the game is kind of a meh. Um, it's going to be which offense can score some points. And I, I think I like the Jets offense with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall to score points on the Raiders defense that isn't very good. I said a Max Crosby as opposed to our Raiders offense with with Tay and Josh Jacobs scoring against a really good, like an elite Jets defense. So I think the Jets get it done on the road. They win the fight, they cover the half point spread. Um, underwhelming game from Garrett Wilson. I'll be honest. Garrett's one of my favorite players in the entire league. Um, I love the guy. Underwhelmed me this week against the Chargers. This is a get right game for Garrett Wilson. I think, I think he, I think he absolutely torches this Raiders secondary and all Zach has to do is just put the ball on him and he's going to have a big week. So give me the Jets to win and cover. Finally here, um, I don't know the Monday night games this year, but this is going to be obviously going to be chalked. That was one of the worst matchups we get. Maybe one of the bigger spreads we've had on Monday night football. Maybe I don't remember what the uh, – I think we had a pretty big spread a couple weeks ago. But this is going to be maybe the largest Monday night football spread. Broncos at Bills. Bills win, Bills cover. It's a train wreck in, in Denver. They're going up in Buffalo to play. I don't see how they win this game and cover. So, Bills win, Bills cover. Bills get right this week too. They have the offense is like this is a perfect game for Josh Allen to figure it out and not turn the ball over three times in a game. Like this is a game where he needs to figure it out. I know they've got PS2 who's going to shadow Diggs. So again, popcorn for that matchup this week. But the rest of the they, they should dominate the rest of the field. The Bills are they're they're good enough. The run game's good enough. Gabe Davis is a good enough wide receiver two three. Like they have to get it done this week. So this is the week for Josh Allen to just. Cut, cut the BS and stop turning the ball over. Has to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, kind of an interesting matchup that you don't really see that often. It seems like the Bills have been home a ton outside of last week. Another team with back-to-back primetime games. I think, like you said, the Bills get right, uh, win by eight or more. And, I mean, the Broncos play well in weird games, but I don't think this is going to be one of them. And I think the Bills sort of find their stride. I mean, the Bills have probably been one of the most underwhelming teams this year. And, Granted, they're a missed PI in the end zone away from being four and five right now. Um, but I think they get right. Uh, they still have really good metrics, surprisingly, um, as both the offense and defensive side for them haven't really been that great. They've been banged up, especially defensively. And offense has been lackadaisical, turnover prone, um, and no one really doing great things outside of uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So look for the Bills to get right, put up some points this week at home in front of a rowdy crowd. Um, to close out week uh, week 10. So, you know, we've got that, that wraps up all of our picks. We have time for me to rant a little bit about Senior Bowl slash Shrine Bowl. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll make it quick. I know you got to go pretty soon. Here's the news today in we the draft time. world. I, you guys know I'm a sick, I'm a draft sicko. Um, basically, the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, all of the All-Star Circuit games are basically for seniors only. There's eligibility rules. You can only be a senior if you can go. So, be, in light of that, these bowl games, All-Star games, have essentially are allowing juniors to participate. I hate it. I couldn't hate it anymore. Number one, I hate it for guys like the Tyson Bajans of the world and the small school guys who are seniors at small schools who don't get a lot of national attention. I hate it for those guys because those guys need it more than anybody. Number two, I hate it because it feels like a money grab. And I don't think the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl, I don't think they needed to get more eyeballs. The NFL is never going to stop funding them. The only benefit this has is for them to get more money and B, for NFL teams to, I guess, get more more chances and, and, and looks at underclassmen as if they don't get campus visits during the year, as if they don't get pro days, the entire combine, which, these which again, these small school guys don't get to go to. Regional combines are also a thing still. Like, NFL teams go to those. No one watches them, but teams go to regional combines. Like, do we need more looks at, at, at underclassmen? Also, in the NIL world, if you're a junior coming out, which – NIL has totally incentivized guys to stay in college. Michael Penix and Bo Nix are great examples of that. If there's no NIL, those guys may have been going last year. But guess what? NIL exists. There's opportunities for the guys, these guys to make six figures plus some guys seven figures like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. to make seven figures as college students, which is – I'm all for NIL. I love it. I think it's great for these kids. I, I am a, a huge proponent of NIL. I think it's great. These guys should absolutely be making money off their names. As much money as they're generating for college for college football. But these guys are incentivized to stay in college as juniors and underclassmen to make the NIL money and stay in college and get a degree. I have no problem with guys declaring early. That's not my point here. My point is if you're a junior declaring for the draft in an NIL world, you shouldn't need the senior bowl. You shouldn't need the shrine bowl. You should not need that to display your skills. We don't have – like the argument is, oh, it's really good for the skill guys because they'll get to play with good quarterbacks. First of all, if you're a junior declaring for the draft, you're probably not at North Texas or Boston College or SMU. You're, pro- you're probably at a Power 5 school where you've had some competition and you've seen some – like Luther Burden is the best underclassman receiver in, in football. He plays for Mizzou. I get the Mizzou's having a good year. They're not a good program historic, like in the last five years. They're not. They're the second worst program in, in, in the SEC behind Vanderbilt. He's there. They may have a terrible year next year. And guess what? Luther Burden's still going to declare and not have to go to the Senior Bowl because he's good enough as a junior. If you're a junior declaring for the for the draft, you should and, and the NIL world we live in, you should not need a bowl game like this to go to. Go play, in, go play in your school's bowl game. Let that be your all-star game. And leave the spots in the all-star games for guys who need it. If you want to go to an all-star game, either have a degree, which I think, again, the part of this is like they, they want guys to have college degrees too. That's another incentive. Like, hey, you can go to the senior bowl. You got to be a guy who graduates a year or a semester early. That's my – I guess that's my take. I, I hate it. Like, I, I just – I couldn't hate this anymore. I genuinely, I think it's terrible. I think it's so bad for guys in the draft process who are going to be late, late, late 
day three picks and UDFAs who need the senior bowl to get in the shrine bowl to get eyes on them. I hate it for those guys. So again, I, (laughs) there's so many things that juniors have going for them and it's so easy to just stay in college, get the insurance policy on yourself. If you think you're that good and make the, make the NIL money, everyone who's an NFL player, so here's the thing, like at most school, like at schools like Alabama, Georgia, like they're all getting NIL bags. Don't get me wrong. But like at a Texas Tech, at an Oregon State, a Washington State, a Kansas, a, a Mizzou, like guys who are NFL players are the best players on the team. Like we like we both know who the guys going to the NFL at Texas Tech are. They have plenty of NIL money. Like every school, every power school has like Texas Tech has the called the Matador Club. They're paying these kids like 80 grand a year out of the Matador Club fund, which I'll, I am 100% for. Don't get it. I love it. I think it's great. This is like Taylor Demerson. He's getting a, a pretty good amount of NIL money because he's an NFL caliber player, right? Like he's he got a Shrine Bowl invite. He's going to be going to the draft. Like whether he gets drafted or not, I don't know. Who knows? But he's an NFL type player on Texas Tech. He's got plenty of NIL money. Why did why do juniors? So if he was a ju- he was like that as a junior, he had plenty of NIL money. Why do juniors need to go to the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl and whatever the, the you know whatever other All Star Circuit? They don't need to. We don't need to incentivize juniors to come out. That's not what we need to do. So I, I hate it. I think this is awful. This is like one of the worst things ever. I think. Yeah, I agree. Just because of how much it contradicts everything, like you were saying. I mean, basically, you. If you're going, if you're declaring as a junior, you don't need one of these showcases that, frankly, are just there to put seniors in the spotlight and draw some more attention to them, put them with some good competition. Because a lot of the times, guys that are in college for more than three years and then declare probably didn't have great competition around them outside of a few scenarios. But this is a chance for the seniors and fifth year guys to really make some noise against good competition with good competition to have a better projection for what they could do at the next level where juniors, like I said, um, if you're a junior declaring, then you're foregoing NIL money to presumably make a good amount of money in the NFL being drafted probably rounds one through three. Now, now with these guys going to the senior bowl and the shrine bowl and all that, it kind of dilutes the system because then you have guys with two different, like basically career paths that are playing in the same field, drawing in the same scouts eyes and stuff like that. So it's just really weird. I think it's just going to kind of mess a lot of different things up, especially the NIL um, scenario, like you said. So at the end of the day, I don't like it either. I think, like I said, it's senior bowl for a reason. So um, all these guys that are jumping at the bit first chance they get as juniors to go to the drafts kind of, unfortunate but nonetheless uh, i'm sure it draws in more money for all those bowls so um at the end of the day it is what it is i mean it's unfortunate but it's happening so i have to see how it goes this year maybe this is a trial run maybe they revert back to it next year and we'll see how it goes but yeah not a fan of it at all i think like i said it contradicts what um they put in place with nil and what they put in place with the senior bowl and stuff like that so um We'll see how it goes come February and go from there. But really looking forward to the offseason, um, to the scouting process, to the draft, free agency, um, combine, 
Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, like I said, uh, in February. But that'll pretty much do it for us today uh, for the 12th edition of Thursday Turf Talk. And we will see you all again on Tuesday for episode 61, um, where we're just going to, you know, our normal slate. Um, I don't know if we'll have baseball awards. We'll probably wait another week so we can discuss all of them at once. But we will have um, hockey, basketball, golf, NFL injuries, stuff like that. So stay tuned. Um, Putting out a lot of content right now. Um, So, yeah, follow us on X and Instagram at Cold Seat Podcast, and we'll see you all in five days. See y'all then.